Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Okeka Bosimori Benda. I'm from Kenya, the Jomo Kenyatta University of Agriculture and Technology. And this is a recording. First of all, I want to apologize for not being able to do a video. I was supposed to do two videos, but I can't really do a video. But I'm going to summarize this into two audios. So the first audio will be the week one understanding the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals. So straight into asking ourselves, what are the SDGs? You know, someone just comes and tells you, I'm working on SDG one or SDG two. So what are the SDGs? So the Sustainable Development Goals, which are the initials for the SDGs. Uh, this is a collection of the 17 global goals. You know, I, I'm pretty sure you you know there are 17 goals: the zero hunger, no poverty, good health and well-being. So there are 17 in number. So SDGs are the collection of the 17 global goals that are designed to be a blueprint to achieve a more sustainable future for all. So these SDGs were first set in 2015, and they were intended to be achieved by 2030, you know, by the panel or the group of countries that sat down and decided to come up with these SDGs. So, yeah, so I'm pretty sure most of, actually, yeah, all of you know the 17 SDGs. You know, one being no poverty, the second one zero hunger, the third one good health and well-being. So, these SDGs for us to achieve to achieve them all for this particular group of people who down and decided they have to come up with a way of achieving them. So there are 167 targets for the 17 goals, you know. So for each goal, it has one to three, one to three solid indicators used to measure progress. You know, so for every SDG, there is either one, two, or two or three indicators that help a country or whoever is working towards achieving the SPG to get themselves and know if they're actually achieving the particular goal set. So SDGs they were first implemented in 2016, you know, and these SDGs can be implemented by anybody, you know, the government, the institutions, individuals who come together. And for the government, say the government just legislates, it takes the SDGs makes them, takes them into the legislation, it develops an action plan of achieving the SDGs and establishes a budget, you know, funds, the SDGs or funds, the particular group of people that are working towards achieving the SDGs, look for partners and work towards attaining them. So why, why in my own understanding, I'm going to give my own understanding as to why the SDGs were created. Number one, they were created to address global challenges. Evidently, we are facing a lot of challenges. So these SDGs were put in particular to, you know, say zero hunger. Yeah, let's take an example of zero hunger. You know, zero hunger is hunger cuts across a lot of countries. So. SDGs, SDG2 was put there for people want to fight against anger in a particular country or in most of the countries. So it addresses global challenges given poverty, inequality, climate change, you know, and it does this actually by creating awareness. You, you, you create awareness about the 
global challenges that they are and you come up with solutions you you come up with solutions that will help curb these challenges you look for partners you work together and yeah that's the first problem it solves the second is creating leadership when SDGs were created it's it's like SDGs to me are more a community goal something that a community should come together and you know identify a problem say we have um, inadequate education in our community so the community comes together and decides we we are going to work as a team to improve or raise the standards of education so in doing that there is leadership that is created because you have to work in harmony you have to be coordinating you know and the trajectory at which the SDGs were set to to be achieved by 2030 it will need leaders it will need leaders who actively involve the community around them and the people around them because to me SDG is more a community the community based project yes you can decide to work as an individual in achieving the SDGs but you're going to need a community to support you you're going to reach out to a community because these challenges does not only affect you as a human but it affects everybody around you so you need a community around you so for you to interact properly for you to learn from the community for you to know the challenges faced by this community and how to curb them you have to develop leadership skills and be a good leader so yeah SDG really helps people to to develop leadership skills and evidently given that you're in this platform you you interact with people across all countries that cut through a lot of cultural backgrounds and we have a lot of cultural differences but at the end of it all we're learning to you know to be good leaders because you have to be a good leader to be able to you know to achieve a certain goal set that that's what i believe and the third one is to create interactions yeah, that's, that's basic because um, when you're working towards achieving an SDG or, you know, um, United Nations, this SDG particularly, of course, was one of the arms that developed it was the United Nations. So, you know, it comes up with programs, say Millennial Campus Fellowship. You meet with other like-minded individuals who are whose projects mainly are geared towards attaining the 17 SDGs, any of them you interact with them, you get to share similar projects, you know, you can change your project and decide to work on one project, all of you guys to achieve it you, you end, you, United Nations sorry, you, not UN, UN comes with events that brings people together you know, and through that you you interact, you you learn, which to me is very basic because at the end of it, the use of interaction is learning and you know getting to know how someone solves a problem or you facing a particular problem, you get to know how they go about the problem. Yeah, that's the third one, the SDG. So. Yeah, so the sorry about that. The fourth, you know, reason as to why like benefit that comes with working towards achieving the SDGs is 
you 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 get to have fun i don't know is it having fun or learning from your peers because basically my argument is when your sdgs are there to impact the community around you and if you're working as an individual you you have to interact with people from your community to know what they are what the problem they're facing and what is their best solution that you could provide you know from talking to people you, you learn and also when you're looking for solutions from you know older people or someone who has tried that part before and you're talking to them and seeking advice it's also a method of learning and UN has a lot of materials that can that is, dip, is 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 at everyone's disposal if you look it up really it's always there and you can learn from the materials that they have created particularly for the sustainable development goals yeah so yeah that's there are more and more reasons of course as to why the sdgs were founded but those those are the main ones that i find i find and yeah so being part of this community as a mentor okay not really we, we all learn you know I'm, I'm a mentor you there are mentees there are more mentors but it, it's a cycle of learning and interacting and listening to people's points of view about life and you know it's it's for me i feel like it's a community and within this community we learn within ourselves we make ourselves better we have fun within ourselves especially for me um i was in the 2019 millennial campus campus fellowship sorry and I, I i got to interact with you know individuals i never thought i would sit with at the same table and discuss and you know have a common goal that we all gear towards achieving and actually achieve that goal so even being part of this community we you know there are goals that are set and there are goals that are being achieved and through you achieving these goals you learn discipline you know you learn how to work differently with people because you know interact with different kind of kinds of people and someone person a brings this to the table person b has a different character person c has a very different way of solving problems person d you know you you learn how to live with people you learn how to listen to people and in inclusivity you learn how to include everybody at the table so even as mentors we learn from fellow mentors actually and also learn from mentees actually because you know a, a mentee will come with a particular problem and you have no idea of or you've never heard of such a problem you know or you never encountered such a problem and you have to find a solution by actually going back to this mentee and talking to the mentee and getting to know which is the best solution for the person you know it's it's a two-way traffic it can be a one way ever so yeah sorry i deviated a bit from the topic but here yeah, i really hope everybody understands what the sustainable development goals are and i will highly 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 recommend that in our day to day lives let us try and incorporate these sdgs because it's it's how do i say it's our 
work in progress. You know, they it's just that they are said to be achieved by 2030 doesn't mean they by 2030 now we'll just kill them all no we'll we have to incorporate them in our cultures because they are there to make our lives better our community more habitable our environment more sustainable you know so let's incorporate them and let's try and work towards achieving them because at the end of the day they are benefiting benefiting us and none else so thank you very much for listening audio jungle uh first of all hello everyone uh thank you very much for giving me a, another opportunity to take this session today so today i am going to talk about global citizenship how it influenced my life and why it is important in today's world and how we can be global citizens and we can contribute to this world so without any more elaboration let's start by what we all mean from global citizen or global citizenship uh, the concept of citizenship has changed over time uh, you see there was a time in the past when only men were considered citizens however um, with the development of civil political and social rights a more inclusive concept of citizenship has emerged and been accepted within this uh, world and moreover in the highly interconnected and interrelated world uh, global community calls for citizenship uh, that goes beyond the national boundaries or beyond the political and geometrical boundaries of countries nations and so on then what actually global citizenship stands for is it uh, something granted to everyone who lives in this globalized world or is it something that we gain through experience well the term global citizen or global citizenship are still subject to a debate and there are scholars and practitioners all over the world in various fields uh, who have widely and critically discussed about this term uh notion of global citizenship where i am individuals and institutions often uh, due to their diverse social cultural and political backgrounds as, as well as their different priorities uh, combining the term global and citizenship might seem a little paradoxical at first sight but when one say citizenship it usually means being a citizen of a country on the other hand global suggest no territorial boundary so does global citizenship mean membership to a specific global government and granting a person with binding legal status or it is just replace national citizenship uh, till date it is widely understood that global citizenship is a sense of belonging to the global community and common humanity rather uh, than a legal status this means that a global citizenship does not dismiss or undermine national citizenship and expands one's uh, civic responsibility beyond national borders to the global community 
uh, moreover it adds value to one's citizenship uh, because it broadens our participation in the greater society acting beyond our immediate community uh, citizenship has so many different ways of uh, uh, being understood or uh, so uh, one of <coughs> the most basic way of thinking about citizenship of a democratic country is simply having rights and having duties or responsibilities that go along with uh, those rights so global citizenship can be along those same kinds of lines having the uh, basic uh, what we call it human rights and having duties not just to one's fellow citizens in the same region or in the same country but carrying out duties voluntarily duties uh, that we choose uh, to carry out for the good of all humanity or the good of all life on the planet and then another way of thinking about citizenship is uh, having a sense of what do you call it uh, having a sense of allegiance or belonging or loyalty to a particular community uh, <clears throat> and again you don't have to restrict your sense of belonging or your sense of loyalty in today's interconnected world to a single country uh, you can think about belonging to a larger global community or um, uh, or a Facebook group or some sort of social media group or a group of environmental campaigners or a women's group so there are many different ways you can anchor ourselves in political communities uh, uh, that don't necessarily match up with nation states and you know uh, global citizenship has room for that as well and then finally, uh, citizenship is all about empowerment and participation. Uh, at least in the democracies around the world. So, raising voices, holding government institutions accountable, looking for change. Uh, you know, that's all part of being a citizen, whether it's in a country or it's whether in the wider world. To understand the global citizenship in a more specific way, first we have to understand some of the basic pillars uh, that is working behind this global citizenship concept and uh, those are uh, composed of the human rights, conflict and peace building, uh, globalization and social justice, uh, respect for diversity and sustainability. Uh, you see, uh, before you have before you start understanding global citizenship you have to understand the human rights um, the rights those are for all human beings um, in, that indicates that uh, whoever we are whatever our nationality sex uh, ethnicity color religion or language or other status is um, except for all of that 
we are all equally entitled to human rights without uh, any discrimination um, you know these rights are all interrelated independent and invisible so human rights are enshrined in the universal declaration of human rights and are mentioned in various international conventions and declarations but from this legal uh, instruments human rights in uh, ourselves reveal something about the very nature of our of individual so we also provide the foundation uh, for uh, safeguarding the most basic of all rights uh, the rights uh, to be human so uh, if we learn uh, the human rights uh, we can gain an insight into the fundamental rights and freedoms which guarantee uh, respect for the rights of all uh, again um, the second thing that we must keep in mind to become a global citizenship uh, is that we have to understand this uh, conflict and peace building uh, which is uh, one of the highlighting issues uh, and the highlighting uh, areas are in today's world that we have uh, to understand the various form of inequality and violence that are uh, taking place at the local and global levels and uh, along with their respective causes about their effects and other independent factors so uh, we have to introduce ourselves to various issues including um, poverty discrimination uh, oppression gender inequality uh, religious conflict, um, um, uh, refugee crisis, uh, migration, uh, armed conflicts, environmental degradation, and, and there are a lot of things uh, that includes uh, uh, or that are part of conflict and peace building. So, by learning these issues, uh, we can be we can encourage our inner self uh, to to reflect on uh, real life issues in our context. So uh, we should be guided to uh, recognize the interrelatedness of issues, uh, become aware of the effects and causes behind them, and uh, appreciate the importance of peace. Uh, the third thing that we should understand um, to be a global uh, citizenship is we should uh, understand the, the, the respect. Uh, we have to respect for diversity. We have to have respect for diversity. Uh, that uh, we have to understand uh, the various forms of inequality and violence at the local and global levels along with their respective causes uh, and uh, we have to uh, have uh, respect for all kind of diversities that are part of this context or part of our real life context uh, then uh, moving on uh, and that uh, important part of the global citizenship education is that we have to learn about the globalization and um, social justice so that we can discover many aspects of globalization including the growing independence among countries uh, among various peoples and uh, ecological issues uh, for example the rapid increase in social cultural and uh, technological exchanges across borders and the worldwide spreading of local norms and values uh, well, we can also gain an understanding of issues and problems that threaten our world today and our own impact on local societies and communities uh, the various responses to globalization should also be uh, understood uh, including those from civil society and uh, non-governmental organizations 
Now the final thing that we need to understand is we have to have proper knowledge about sustainability. Uh, we should be conscious about sustainability uh, we're in the um, uh, 20th century and the entire world is talking about sustainable development goals and uh, this sustainability is a part of global citizenship education and so if you are a global citizenship you are aware of all the above mentioned things that I have talked earlier then you should be uh, considering your next focus to the sustainable uh, sustainability issues so uh, under the theme of sustainability uh, we can be uh, introduced to global challenges in the economy environment natural resources biodiversity climate change uh, for example cultures and policies so uh, by starting these issues and by learning about these issues we will have a more clear concept of the commonly accepted principles of sustainable development and uh, reflect on the issues in real life uh, uh, that will inspire ourselves to find solutions for many economic and political or environmental and social and cultural problems uh, um, well, in uh, the 2030s agenda of sustainable development, we see uh, many of the goals uh, that are uh, very focused at the 17 sustainable development goals. Uh, as a global citizen, you should be aware of all these goals and you should be concerned about your roles uh, to make contribution to achieve these goals uh, by 2030 and uh, not only in your country but but also collaboratively with your peers with your friends with your uh, other all other partners or you can say all other uh, groups uh, where you work or who you know so you should have a proper collaboration to achieve these goals globally and uh, within uh, rather than maintaining any geological or geopolitical boundaries uh, we should have the understanding of that we are the citizen of this world and we have to achieve this all these goals uh, together and ensure equality in every corner of the world and uh, the uh, next thing i want to talk about uh, that the things you should understand rather than the five main points that I have uh, talked about earlier that you should have some other uh, um, what you say values and uh, some other qualities and other you should uh, acquire some new qualities and you should be careful about some more things for example you should understand the conflicts and process of peace resolution uh, you should be uh, you should always find the root cause of global issues in conflict zones and uh, how intercultural and interreligious uh, dialogue playing can play a good role in your Area or in your context or in, in solving your issues, so you should uh, try to become an advocate. Uh, as a youth, you can always become a youth advocate and uh, try to raise your voice uh, against all those inequalities and all those problems in a decent way, uh, whether it is in your within your community or uh, in a far away from your community. And uh, the youths who are involved in uh, the media you should have the media literacy or critical literacy and then uh, you should have the media influence uh, so that all these issues are properly imaged to the entire world and so that every other global citizens of the world can learn about these things and can teach, uh, learn from them and come forward to solve them uh, 
and uh, you 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 can also uh, talk about or you can also uh, work for gender equality women empowerment and uh, uh, there is another interesting thing that i would like to talk about and that is the global partnership for achieving the sdgs uh, that i have uh, mentioned earlier that uh, it's not about individually it's about the country wide collaboration every country or every um, society can collaborate with another society or another country and uh, form a global partnership so that they can easily achieve the so- social development and uh, sustainable development goals together and uh, that's what global citizens should do uh, some more things that sh- should be your concern that goes on global citizens and there those are women and youth empowerment and peace justice and transformative education uh, your role in the private sectors and uh, ensuring sustainable consumption and production in your religion or in your country or uh, wherever you live or wherever you work and you should always uh, think that global citizenship is for transformation it's not about just being uh being a leader and just talking about it is not like that it's just about uh, being being a um, as being a soldier who is spontaneously working for the a country and that country is not just any geopolitical boundary and that country includes every nation in the world every people in the world uh, so that's why we are calling it a global citizenship for transformation uh and as a global citizen uh, another thing um, that we should be focused about is about our communities uh, we have to we have to focus on community building and always think of giving back to our community as a global citizen and financing different uh, social action projects and taking part in different social action projects uh, so that uh, we can understand the role of a global citizen much better uh, and taking action as a global citizen and represent many activities in different organizations which you are connected to uh, so that uh, the people there also can be uh, can be uh, introduced to, to this concept of global citizenship uh, the fighting uh, you can fight against the social injustice and changing society uh, uh, to bring a, a new revolution in your community uh, by f- forming a different group or by forming a uh, group of uh, global citizens so uh, the main idea of my lecture today is that uh, global citizenship is not rocket science is not something uh, that give uh, that is given to you by any document or any legal rights it's a thing that you achieve naturally it's a thing that any of the people or any of the living man in the world can earn by himself so uh, you just have to identify the knowledge, skill, and attitude necessary to be a global citizen. And then, uh, being a global citizen, uh, you have to look for the similarities and try to understand how life may be different for other people, and try to uh, make your contribution to other people's life and to change the condition of the world. So, well. So, uh, in short, uh, if I summarize my entire 
lecture then i can say that uh, let's first uh, understand who is a global citizen so in short a uh, global citizen is someone aware of and understand the wider world and their place in it uh, whose identity transcends geography or political borders uh, who embraces an international perspective and lifestyle and who actively collaborates to make our planet more equal fair and sustainable uh, 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 what global citizens do uh, they understands all are born in the world protects the world when called upon to do so they stands up and defend against the injustice we see and they understands the interconnectedness of the countries of the peoples and respects and values diversity and take actions in meaningful ways whenever necessary and finally now uh, I, you just ask yourself uh, are you a global citizen are you a global citizen well the answer to this question uh, you will find this answer if you can have this uh, thoughts in your mind or if you are having these thoughts in your heart that uh, you understand how the various cultures of those world interact socially or you are aware that um, your action in the local environment may affect people in other countries or try to stay informed of kind issues that impact international relations uh, you believe that you are connected to people in other parts of the world and your actions can affect them too and you strongly believe that those countries are, are well off should help people in other countries who are less fortunate and finally, you want the basic services such as healthcare, clean water, food, legal assistance, and you want it available for everyone regardless of what country they live in. So if these all things are within your mind or are not letting you sleep, then you are definitely a global citizen. And uh, now what kind of skills the global citizenship had? In short, you have to have in the 21st century, you have to have critical thinking power, you have to have the ability to argue effectively or you have to have that potential to be a youth advocate, you have the ability to change the injustice and inequalities and you have to respect people and things and uh, you have the potential to be cooperative and you have the potential to resolve conflict. Uh, the values and attitudes that you need to have and these are the sense of identity and self-esteem you have to have empathy and the commitment to social justice and equity and your concern for the environment and commitment to sustainable development and believe that people can make a difference so how global citizenship impacts yourself at fire this is the final part that uh, are you only doing it for others uh, actually no you are doing it for others but in the meantime you are improving yourself being a global citizen you are opening up yourself to a broader world uh, that is enabling you to contrast your own identity and uh, not to replace but to sharpen and strengthen them uh, you are becoming aware of yourself who you are how you function and where your culture sits in relation to other worlds. You are enabling you to discover different ways of being and uh, doing something. Uh, sometimes you can comprehend uh, why those differences exist and sometimes not. And uh, your openness, awareness and comprehension uh, gives you strength, enables you to root out yourself in the comfort of the known and 
reduces your fears. So that's how you improve yourself um, by being a global citizenship. You're not only improving the quality of life, you're not only working for improving the situation of the world, you're also subconsciously improving yourself, uh, which is a very uh, good for self-development. And uh, why should you become a global citizenship? First of all, if you want to contribute to the world from a position of a strong local identity and awareness, then you should become a global citizenship. Um, again, um, if you are able to give meaning uh, to your own roots and diversity of cultures, and if you want to build a more equitable, inclusive, and uh, just uh, local uh, inclusive future, then locally and globally, and um, if you want to be globally connected, uh, interdependent and uh, bonding brings you wealth and peace, then you should become a global citizen. So, uh, in conclusion, I would like to say that um, uh, the advantage of becoming global citizenship is that uh, it unlocks the universe of highest self-awareness and, uh, and the ocean of unlimited and vast opportunity to grow yourself. On the other hand, the standard and quality of life of all and on the um, your abilities and possibilities of an individual member of the global community is also increases in this process so that's why we should all uh, be learning the uh, global citizenship education and we should all uh, be ha trying to become a global citizenship understand what it stands for and understand how it can affect our life and the life of our people who we care about and how we can participate so that's all for tonight I Yes, you. I can give you a not very good, but a little bit of idea about global citizenship. And uh, if you want to know more about global citizenship, you you, you can uh, look into YouTube videos and you can search every different articles. And you can also find very different books. But uh, this is the things I, I think that uh, you, you people do not need to uh, read books or do not need to watch videos. This is something that we are always been through. This is something that we are uh, naturally acquiring. So we are already global citizens, and we understand all these things pretty easily. We just have to. Uh, sharpen those things we just have to come forward and uh, make the world know that we care and that we are working for it and that's how we become a global citizen so uh, thank you very much and now i'll be open to take any questions that arise in your mind so if you have any question just uh, write it in the comment section and i will be answering to those questions uh, so thank you very much and i would also uh, make sure that I can provide some of the, the materials that I will help you to understand about global citizenship a little more and also I have a presentation that I have uh, given in the last year's um, cohort session of on WAFMP uh, so I have made less modification but and that would be a good reference for my to understand my uh, lecture today so I am attaching that presentation at the end of the session and thank you very much thank you mr Vikhail, for giving me the opportunity and thank you all the participants who have joined today and who could not join uh, the materials and the uh, 
audio and the presentation will be available for you so have a look and still if you have any question just give me a knock or uh, leave a question here uh, i will be happy to answer so thank you very much to know how we can think critically as entrepreneurs, we need to know who an entrepreneur is. So firstly, an entrepreneur is a person who is able to marry his creative ideas with purposeful action and structure of a business. An entrepreneur is a person who is able to marry his creative ideas with purposeful action and structure of a business. Who is a critical thinker? To be a critical thinker is to be creative, logical, and reason in your actions. To be a, criti um, a critical thinker is to be creative, logical, and reason in your thinking. What is critical thinking? Critical thinking is the act of deliberately analyzing information to make better judgments or decisions. Critical thinking is the act of deliberately analyzing information to make better judgments or decisions. Creative visualization technique. Being able to critically observe one's ideas before acting upon their creativity allows them to consider all of the options on the table. So as entrepreneurs, we are creative by nature. But mind you, we have a lot of creative ideas out there. But not every idea is the best solution for a problem. 
So, as entrepreneurs, we need the creative visualization techniques to be able to choose the best possible solution to a specific problem. Open-mindedness. As entrepreneurs, we need to think open-mindedly. We need to recognize and assess as the need be. Self-reflective. This skill helps us to facilitate the examination of our own beliefs in comparison to others. To have this skill is to be able to step away from your beliefs and do what is best for the business. We also mentioned that to be a critical thinker is to be logical and reason in your thinking. We know that most people act or think out of their emotion or intuition or faith or even common sense. Most people actually act out of their intuition, emotion, common sense or faith or what they believe in. But a critical thinker analyze a situation and then come up with a concrete solution. A critical thinker asks why or how or why not. So let me give you an example. Let's say someone says that she's afraid to run in the night or go for jogging at night. The person is acting out of the emotion, fear. But a critical thinker will ask some basic, basic questions to know if the fear is a concrete reason why the person shouldn't go out running in the night. So a critical thinker will ask simple questions like, is the area known for crime? Is it easy to get lost at night? Are there wild animals? A critical thinker will, will make reasonable assessment of the situation before he or she concludes. Critical thinker do not just act out of their emotions. I'm not saying that critical thinkers don't have, are not emotional or don't have intuition or don't have beliefs or common sense. But before they make a concrete decision, they make reasonable assessment of the situation. That is logical reasoning. These are some of the critical thinking skills we need as entrepreneurs. Number one is reasoning. Reasoning is being able to put aside one's emotions, intuitions, faith or belief, or even common sense and consider the best solution to the problem. We can have so many solutions to a problem, but a critical thinker will always want to arrive at the best solution. What makes 
successful entrepreneur is successful is that they consider so many solutions and arrive at the best and the most unique one. Being able to come up with a solution isn't the same as coming up with the best solutions. So as critical thinkers, it is very imperative that we reason in our thoughts and always arrive at the best solution as possible. Being analytical, processing one's thoughts enables the person in action to gain superior business skills, to make reasonable choices and consider the big picture. When you think critically, you conceptualize, you analyze, you synthesize, you observe and evaluate at the more profound level. Any critical thinker who is an entrepreneur need this analytical skill. It's a very important skill because as entrepreneurs, there can be so many solutions that come up in our mind. But being able to analyze the situation and to pick one that best fits the problem makes one very analytical in his or her thinking. To evaluate. Whenever a critical thinker come up with a solution, he or she needs to evaluate the solution to see if this solution is the best solution for that particular problem. Decision making. Most entrepreneurs are solution oriented. They see the problem, they attack the problem, they solve it. This sounds good, right? But it is not efficient. As I said earlier, Coming up with a solution isn't the same as coming up with the best solution. As a critical thinker and an entrepreneur, you need to consider a number of solutions and then make the best decision in a timely manner. So, why do entrepreneurs need critical thinking skills? Or, in other ways, the importance of critical thinking. So, one is to make bet better decisions or create better solutions. Every entrepreneur must stand out. His ideas must be unique in the sense that those ideas are solutions to a problem that no one has been able to think of. In order to come up with such ideas that stand out, he needs to be a critical thinker. 
that is, to analyze the situation or problem and evaluate his solutions to see if that is the best solution for the problem. The second is, it fosters independence. The more independent you are in your thoughts, the more likely you are to succeed as an entrepreneur. To think differently means to act independently and differently. Three, it reinforces problem-solving ability. The act of entrepreneurship or being an entrepreneur isn't a one-way thing. It is an active journey, just like critical thinking. It is an active process that moves us. Just because you come up with a solution to a problem doesn't mean that that's the end. There are so many solutions. There are so many, sorry, there are so many problems in this world that needs to be solved. Critical thinking challenges the entrepreneur to always do more and act on it so that he or she doesn't dwell on his achievements. An example is Steve Jobs. You know, Steve Jobs thought of graphic interface that will enable him to create apps on phones and on computers. When he successfully did this, he didn't end there. He went on and on to develop more apps that we are using now. The fourth point is Critical thinking enhances creativity. The more you utilize your critical thinking skills, the more creative you become. And the more creative you become, the more successful you become as an entrepreneur. The fifth point is critical thinking skills encourages creative, um, sorry, curiosity. Curious people ask questions. They ask how and why things are the way they are. Curious people have great access to information. And information is a great raw material as an entrepreneur because the information you have can help you identify specific problems and come up with unique or logical solutions. So, in this slide, we are going to discuss how we can improve our critical thinking skills. You can see that at the end of the slide, I have written, remember to think for yourself and no one think critically 100%. So, if you know that you cannot think critically, don't worry, it is not something that everybody is able to do 100%. So these are the basic steps or ways to improve your critical thinking skills. The first one is formulate your question. Whenever you are presented with, with a situation, you should be able to 
ask basic questions. Find out what you are looking for. And then don't ask your questions based on your assumptions. Your questions to the, the questions you are going to ask should pertain to what you have been presented with. There are so many solutions out there. If you don't take care, you might want to refer to what you have researched on or what somebody has posted on maybe Google. Once you are presented with a, a, a situation, it is better if you ask basic questions yourself. That is, remember to think for yourself. Before anything, before you Google, before you find out anything, just formulate your own questions. Come up with your own basic questions. Why is this the problem? How come this is a problem? These are some of the questions you should ask yourself before you look elsewhere or refer to other people's assumptions. The second step is to gather your information. So there are so many informations out there. You can either get it on Google, on Facebook or on any, anywhere, even from your friends. But you have to make the first step of asking your own basic questions before you do your research about the situation. Now, after you have done the research and you have asked basic, some basic questions, you have to apply the information. Applying the information is in two ways. You have to consider what assumptions exist. What are some of the assumptions that people have posted, maybe online? Or what are some of the solutions people have already come up with? That is one. And then out of the assumptions, what concept works best? Right? Then the fourth one is consider the implications. So whichever concepts you decide on, you have to consider the impacts. Or you have to consider the short or the short term or long term impacts. Is this the best solution as at now? Or it will be the best solution in five or ten years? These are some of the few basic tips on improving your critical thinking skills. I am going to present to you a scenario and I want you all to answer the question in your best possible way.